morning, everybody. Kevin Draco here, host of this Dream House, along with Seth Mark and Kevin Kistner, brought to you in part by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Colorado's largest appliance and mattress already know is a program that's all about the home. We're going to discuss renovations, remodels, and converting your property into your dream house. We're also going to navigate common homeowner pitfalls and even give you advice on buying and selling homes. If you have any questions or comments, contact us at by email at thisdreamhouse at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at thisdreamhouse. We'd love to hear from you all. Kevin, uh, yeah. Did you like that intro, man? That was my practice that's, for becoming a. Uh, well, no, no, that was my practice for becoming a soccer announcer for a goal. Because I know everybody here has go, been go, watching go, the World go. Cup, except, yes. for, except for me. What? I don't watch World Cup. I don't watch soccer. You should start. You really should. It, I, I'm I with you. I cannot. I, I can't. I, I can't do I, it. All right. Listen, with your broken you know, heart, I keep promising having, <laughs> being a Broncos fan. You haven't switched sports yet, like I've recommended right. several times. Uh, Chiefs game. Let's let's quickly talk about. It. Well, yeah, a little bit, you know, and because you know, look, I hate moral victories. The Broncos, oh, it was close, you know. No, I mean it was always about winning. However, in this case, I do get the moral victory. You go down twenty-seven, nothing. And you come back and, you know, you lose the game 34-28, okay? Russ, look, man, I said this to you all season long. First off, Russ isn't going anywhere. I don't think that's a secret. However, I don't believe uh, Russ is done. I believe Russ needs a supporting cast. And I've even changed a little bit. I did like what Judy did. And, it, you know, he did switch roles and position yep, a little bit. Yep. And so maybe, maybe we're on to something there. But the reality is I still think if you support Russ with a cast uh, of, you know, skilled players and a line that will protect him, look, I think he will be good. He is good. Um, He's our quarterback. Well, there's a lot of miscues throughout the season so far. You know, and there have been a lot of freaking injuries. So that that has hurt – that has hurt this I mean, team you, quite a bit. A lot of injuries, my God. I mean, think about it. We're really, it's almost like, in some ways, watching preseason yeah. and, you know, third string is in there. Yeah, the offensive line has not looked good at all. Well, I mean, and, again, and, decimated. But, but Russ hasn't helped the offensive line either. Now, you, we said no moral victories. I don't believe in moral victories, but I do think there were some positive things in that game. Jerry, Judy, when you get angry, you kind of perform. You perform well. Well, where's that been the last two and a half years? Why? Why is it finally yeah, but, that okay, game? Okay, could it been? Could, could it be scheming? Could it be position? I was listening to Mark break the game down right, s- and they said, you know, what did he switch to the X receiver, right? Yeah. And when he's been, in, I believe he played Sutton spot, right? And so maybe there's something to it. I would I more one on ones, as Mark pointed out, right? Yeah, I, I would leave him there at that spot just to see what happens. I don't know. You you mentioned scheme. I don't know if they out schemed anybody because I don't know what their scheme is this year. Well, what there's I mean, no identity no, no. to that, and, and there's not. And so what I mean, well, what I mean by scheme is in the past, maybe you know, if you look at prior regimes, yeah. the scheme might not have been there for Judy. Again, maybe he was playing in the wrong position as the receiver to where he could excel. Here's what I'm, what I'm saying: is look, man, three touchdowns. He 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 was. He was open, right? I mean, to me, 
I hadn't even seen him getting open. There and was, and they talked about, right, that off guy is in a man-to-man situation yeah, a lot. Was, and, you know, maybe there's something to it. That's there, all I'm saying. There were some broken down coverages. But, yeah, I mean, look, he had a solid game. He had a solid I was going to say, you are like Debbie Downer to me sometimes. I, I'm man. just, you know, I'm trying was, to find some love I, in this I, season. I, I was talking to Stokely about this the other day uh, throughout the week. And, you know, you, you kind of go back and watch it. It's like he had a, a solid game. He only had 70-something yards. It's not like he went for like 200. So I do think he had an improvement game. I think it was a good game. I need him to have a 150-yard game. Look, there's no doubt. I just hope it's something to build off of. Yeah. Um, Let's just move on. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Our first guest today is Eli Harrington from Damn Good Interiors. Eli, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know this guy to the right of you there? Oh, do I? I absolutely (laughs) do. He, uh, he, He scored me a trip to Napa. Did he? Oh, That's he sure right. did. Yes, wow. yes. At one of our one of our events where we uh, um, make wonderful food and talk to designers and and contractors and uh, yeah. And so, so there we you go, go right? way back. I, I, yeah. I he just he, he saw the you. twinkle in my eye and he's like, "This guy wants to go to Napa." I, I could tell. I, you yeah. know, <laughs> I twinkle in my eye every week at him and I don't get nothing. No, Napa. All right. nothing. No Napa. Twinkle harder, Draco. man. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> It must be my glasses. Probably. That's right. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so anyway, so design, man, right? You you are like a designer. I am a designer. And, and how long have you been designing? Uh, professionally for about six, seven years now. Seven yeah. years. Yeah. And what got you involved in it? What what made you say, hey, I want to do this? So I always knew that I wanted to be in a creative field somehow. I like I, I didn't do great in the in all the school stuff. Okay. And uh, so then when I got to school, I actually studied industrial design. So that's like per- furniture, packaging, uh, graphics, kind of a catch-all design, uh, but always had a passion for interiors. But it took years for me to move over to the interior space. So and yeah. what did you um, what did you find difficult about it? Difficult. Or what did you find easy? I mean, I either mean, one. I'm good with both. I, I think I think I, I was just naturally good at understanding space and mm-hmm. the human reaction to space. But I think what what kind of gave me a level up was was also coming from an industrial design background. You really start to understand objects in space instead of a space as a whole. So I started almost as an outsider and then coming in, and that gave me an advantage. But outside of that, the hardest thing was probably just getting like up to speed with the jargon, the programs, and just how to communicate in design in a way that I was never trained in. Sure. And, and I'm assuming, right, you, you have um, people of all different likes and dislikes and mm-hmm. none are the same. and None. And, and do you have a, a specific design aspect that you like to try to, you know, you know um, and what I mean by that is so... Uh, designers and I can't remember who it was. They loved to put something red in the room and oh. every design that they did, <laughs> or they loved to put something personal mm-hmm. from their client in the room that they didn't expect. Do you do any of that? No, no, I don't have any like hidden treasures in my designs. But now, now you got me going. Like now, I got to start doing this. <laughs> but but it is no, kind of neat. I mean, it, right? it's super it's neat. A good idea is a good idea. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, but here, <laughs> here's the thing with like with art versus design 
And like art is something that a lot of people do for themselves, but design is something you do for others. It's a service, okay? And not a lot of people think of it that way. So I haven't been in a position where I get to put this little personal flair onto all my projects, but I do think like historically, you know, especially my colleagues can look at my designs and say, that looks like an Eli design. Um, you know, Which would be cool, right? Yeah, at the end very of the cool. day, I, I think if... And not that I would ever be a good designer, it'd probably be awful, but I, yeah, I think I would want just that, right? Like, oh, yeah, you worked with Kevin, you know, yeah. or, and you have like this cool name, Eli. That's an Eli design. Oh, hell yeah. Like, Thank you. You have a Kevin Draco design. Yeah, who cares? It's not as flashy. I have to come up with a new uh, designer name. Um, <laughs> But so, what made you? Now I know you were uh, you were working uh, for an, uh, another firm, and you've decided to break out on your own. Yes. Um, what was that process like in your head, and was it scary? Uh, were you like, no, man, I, I'm ready. It's my time. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I'm just yeah going off on my own now, as of like a month ago. Um, and yeah, I think it's time, you know, my name is out there. I've developed enough of a portfolio given the job that I was at before with TVL. Uh, they put me in a position where I got to take huge steps in my career being the lead designer on all my projects. So I was able to build up a sizable portfolio very quickly uh, which was awesome and learned a lot along the way. But now I'm officially ready to be off on my own, taking clients. I learned how to do pretty much everything that I could up to now, obviously. But uh, I think it's, yeah, I'm hitting my my potential to go off and do this as and, myself. But did you find it? Like, did, did this was this something that sort of weighed on your mind? Like, yeah, you know, I believe I'm ready. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not sure. sure. Or, or no. I mean, was it just no, I was ready? No, it's definitely not no, I was ready. Um, this definitely forced my hand. But it, I, I didn't think I wanted to go to another firm and be another cog in the wheel, uh, especially because I've spent the last four or five years really doing this as my own self. Like, even though I'm working for sure. a company, I'm running my own projects for them. So... I'm ready to do what I'm here to do, you know? So I, I think I've, I've hit the point where I can now go off on my own, so leave with, the nest. So with clients, the process, do they uh, call you for like is it go consultation first? And after consultation, um, they decide, yeah, hey, Eli's my guy. I'm going to go with him. Then there's this sort of second sit down where you really start to iron some things out yeah. and get to understand the space or get to understand what they're doing. And I guess do people do it now by room or could it be the entirety of a home? Yeah, these are all great questions. Uh, people mostly, you know, they'll reach out. Uh, we do like a 30-minute conversation about what the general scope is, what they're trying to do, what their budget requirements are, what are some of the things that they're afraid of. Um, and then we go through some of the visuals just to make sure that we're all on the same page and I'm the right guy for them stylistically. So we'll go through that and then uh, we'll engage in, you know, the money talk and get me signed up. I on. like how you whispered that. The yeah, money, money talk. talk. Well, nobody wants to talk about money well, it's well, always course, like the, <laughs> i know it's the worst part um but we get through that and then we just dive right in we go into all the two-dimensional layouts and then we start to bring it up into 3d and see how these things all react in space and so with you um now do you do you go to so you're you're designing this do you go to different showrooms how mm -hmm. does all that work like where okay i have this idea we've put this together now where where 
do you go for all the materials sort of that you're going to need? And do you do that or does your client do that? So it depends. There are certain things that I can just send the clients out there and I can say, hey, all right, we're going to talk about stone. You know, I don't need to walk through all the stone yards. Uh, I can say, hey, I would hit these three spots. Uh, these are the things that I would just go and ask somebody about, be like, these are what I want to look at. And from there, just have fun, peruse, uh, because those take a really, really long time. And it's just they can they, – I, I want to empower my clients also to be making certain decisions and seeing things on their own. What is, in your opinion, the importance of a designer? In other words, like, you know, for Kevin, you know, and I just – I always talk about this because we just went through this whole mid-mod transition and I was mm-hmm. in a very Victorian setting prior mm-hmm. to that. And so – but I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I can do that, you know. But mm-hmm. so what do you find your clients – why does a client uh, come to a designer? Clients come to a designer because they have usually this big hairball of ideas in their head of what they want. And sometimes you may come to a designer and be like, I want you to do that thing that you do. You know, that's like best case scenario, I think. But a lot of times we get clients who are just like, I have so many ideas, so many things I like. I need you to help bring me bring this vision to reality. Or I don't even know if it makes sense. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know what? I can say, listen, we have space for this. We have space for this and space for this. And we can get a little weird in the house. You can have it. It doesn't have to be like this is what I always tell clients. You don't have to stick to this perfectly coherent vision everywhere you want. You can let your freak flag fly in a powder room or in a guest bedroom. Just have some fun with it. It's an expression of you, you know? And whatever you is. Correct. Right? And, and, and it's interesting because, I, yeah, I could see I, – I, I'm getting a little taste for kind of like, yeah, like I, I could see you like, hey, yeah, there's nothing – off the charts here, but what do you do when you get that client? I hate to say it this way, but it's just like a boring, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, how does that work? So I've had a couple clients where I just haven't been into their aesthetic at all, but you know what? I'm a designer and give me lemons. I'll make you some lemonade. So we work through it together. I recently did a whole home where the whole style, like every time we pitched a new space that I was doing and showed them, they were like, this is really cool, but this isn't us. And then we just get really weird and eclectic and fun. And it ended up coming out great, but they just need somebody to help them push their vision sure. into the right place. And, and sometimes it is another voice. Cause I, I, I did have, especially with our uh, Victorian B and B that we had, I remember I had a, a designer who happened mm-hmm. to be a neighbor, okay, and cool. uh, good old Rob. He's a great guy, and mm-hmm. he taught design in in local high school and had his own uh, firm as well. Cool. And you know, it was really interesting to know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what's interesting too. Do you find that? Do you find clients just don't know what they don't know, and therefore most of what you say is like a big shock to them? Absolutely. You know, a lot of times clients will come to me with a with a few Pinterest boards. And we'll look through and I'm like, oh, I get I get your vision. And then I can start taking some of those elements and showing them other things. I'm like, you know, this is in this world, like let's just say like transitional um, because that's the broadest uh, design uh, style that I'm seeing out there these days. So we take transitional design, but everybody just stays in this one little silo. And then it's like this is now putting some like arts and crafts with transitional in a modern way. And then it just, everything just gets really exciting as I get to show them more things that are out there. And that's why they're coming to a designer is to see more and to answer the, you don't know what you don't know. You know, that's why you seek out somebody like me. So we are going to take a break 
and we will be right back with Eli from Damn Good Interiors after a few words from Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Huge sale now at Appliance Factory. Thousands of appliances and mattresses in stock and on sale. Save 30 to 60%. They have the largest inventory in the western U.S. They get exclusive factory buys from manufacturers at a huge discount and pass that savings on to you. Guaranteed to beat Lowe's and Home Depot sale prices. Save 30 to 60% from GE to KitchenAid at Appliance Factory. Shop with confidence. Google 4.7 stars. 10,000 reviews. Plus, mattress Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory has unbeatable savings from Tempur-Pedic to Purple. Get huge savings now at Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're here at this dream house with Eli Harriton from Damn Good Interiors and uh, good old Mr. Kevin Kistner behind the board over there and celebrity chef Mark, who I'm giving a twinkle of eye to because I, I want to go to Napa. I, I see no. you over there. Yeah, I see that. I see that I'm twinkle. I'm a little envious. You I see, see, you I see yeah. how jelly I got out after the first segment. <laughs> yeah, so uh, special thank you to Signature Kitchen Suites for sponsoring that Very special thank for, you. For uh, some of our uh, top designers uh, through Appliance Factory Fine Lines. Uh, did you taste any good wines? We tasted some amazing wines. I couldn't tell you a single one. Yeah. But did you take uh, pictures? Took tons of photos, of course. Well, did you take uh, pictures of the wines? So oh, yes, knew yes, the ones oh, the like? wines. So, yes, yes. yes I could dig them up if I needed to. We went to a uh, shout out to uh, La Bouchaine. The uh, winery, we met uh, a very wonderful uh, person there named Larry, and he hooked it up for us. Um, so that was probably the best wine that we had while you know, we were there. It, it, it's funny, and, and kind of while we were on break, we were talking about, yeah, things we like to do for fun. And you and Chef have something in common. Um, you guys love uh, bike riding and mountain biking. We and do. Uh, I, look, I. I shared with you. He's a pro over there. No, legit. Yeah, he's he's totally a pro. Real things. pro. Now, I don't know any lingo, any term, because, I, look, I, you're I, not going to find me riding a bike okay, anywhere. Well, let me just I'm, tell you. Unless he's, it's a pedicab. Let me, let me clarify. I'm expert advanced. I'm, by, I'm not a pro. I'm a pro chef. And I pro wish chef. I could ride that guy. As cook. far as I'm concerned, Chef, like I said, for me, it's kind of inebriated in a pedicab. That's the bike that I'm getting <laughs> on. Okay, yeah, I like and, it. I like um, it. And All for right, you, uh, like... To me, you're, you're a pro. Thank you. And, and to me, too. All right? You, you're, you're doing what banana peel at Trestle. What are called, Chef? What's that? What, is, what are the jump things called? What are they uh, called? Jumps. Well, <laughs> they are, right? Well, to us layman uh, for, yeah, for people, those you know. of you that ride uh, mountain bikes here in Colorado, if you go up the Trestle, uh, maybe you've ridden banana peel, which is No, uh, nobody rides banana peel. Well, That's ride, for professionals. I ride That's banana peel. That's the point. See, I yeah. told right? you he was a pro. I know. I, and I, he's, I'm not a pro. He's got to check himself, all yeah. right? But I, uh, okay, I do, I do some of the jumps. Some of them are really scary. And also, um, I don't want to end up in the hospital. Hospital, so no, but I, you have, I, haven't you? Uh, yeah, on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, you, you come in and look like you got in, in a fight with a wildcat. Yeah, yeah. I come in limping, uh, frequently missing yeah. some skin. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of the sport. That's what exactly. makes it fun. Yeah. Exactly. The fear factor, the exhilaration, the adrenaline. The speed. Oh, yeah. You know. No, I know. Yeah, let's go ride some <laughs> We're going to go riding for sure. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, Eli, so it was interesting. You talked about the most common sort of trend that's out there. Um, what are people doing now because trends do change pretty quickly i they seem do. to ask this of all my designer because you know i figure if i get 10 designers and they all answer a question i could really 
by based on the different answers, I can really understand what the trend probably is. I think if you ask one, one perception may be different of someone else's. So for sure, what is what is the trend that you're seeing right now? And then what is your favorite style? For sure. So trends and styles different for sure. But like, I would say there are certain trends that are now being worked into the home that that I'm pretty obsessed with, like built-in dining. I love that people are bringing sort of that restaurant feel into their homes. Oh, hold on. Built it. What does that even mean? Built-in dining, putting like a banquette in their house, uh, like a horseshoe banquette where everybody has like your cushions that you're sitting on. Everyone slides in and you're eating around this table, but you're in a very ah, con- enclosed environment. For the dining room. Well, that's for the not, dining room. And I that love doesn't it. seem very, that seems less formal. Yeah. It's super cozy. So is, uh, I asked this question seemingly too of everybody, but I just love knowing the answer. Is farmhouse chic finally gone? No, it's honestly, it, there's a lot of people that are still catching on to it, but I will say it's evolving and you're seeing these little farmhouse plays and other modern takes that are becoming, maybe instead of doing so many long lines that you're seeing uh, with like shiplap, we can change the orientation, we can go put it on a bias. Colors? That was one of the big things I wanted to talk about. We're seeing a lot more color in our in our palettes. So gray's these days. out. It's Finally. not gray's not out. Oh, but, okay. but I know that like it really designy designers yeah. are trying to eliminate more of the neutrals, grays, whites, and bring in more bigger colors. So we're like we're, what kind of colors? We're like? getting like vibrant pastels that like for for clients that are willing to like really take risks, and, and we're seeing it. I would say because I work in the restaurant space as well, so you see it more in there because they're willing to take bolder. Um, risks, but I have clients that are like, yeah, let's throw in some. I like, think the hotels are getting into the act. Absolutely. Right? You said restaurants. I see the, it's all catching. Right? Definitely. These colors, this, I'm going to call it modern, mostly modern, cleaner lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it would just say bold, right? I've seen these bold, totally. People bold are, paintings and bold colors, different style chairs. Absolutely. You know? People are willing to take more risks now because, That's especially cool. with my clients, like, I'm like, listen, even if we're going to tile this room like a powder room or something, that's like a place that you can really go big because it's such less material. But we can be bolder and change these things later if we don't like them in five, ten years because it's not going to cost as much money as doing like a primary suite you know, or redoing your kitchen. But even just changing out the tile in your kitchen isn't that big of a project. You could do that if you really wanted to. No, you, know? you, no, you can't. No, no, you, can't. I, you could do it. I believe in I, you, I, man. If my wife is listening, she just spit up her drink all over the floor. Now, I, I have a question, um, and I'll start with this. I go into a lot of homes, and I'm doing cooking classes, and I see the what I call the quadruple white. So, you know, white counters, white tile, white mm-hmm. uh, flooring, what you white everything. It looks like an operation, operating Boring. room. Yeah, it was very exciting at early 2000s, and it's really dated itself. Mm-hmm. So what, in your opinion, uh, if that's the example of dating itself, what, in your opinion, is timeless? What can someone do today that's going to look great in 30 years? Okay, great question. And it's probably one of the more common questions that people ask designers. I also... Interesting. I I low-key hate this question. Oh, good. I'm Um, glad I asked (laughs) that. So timeless design. I'm not like a timeless designer. Oh. I want to do things that are going to be bolder, uh, more of a statement, a better expression of who you are. Something deep and down inside of you is weird and wants to come out, and I want to help with that. I love it. Yeah. So for timeless designs, honestly, you can go with there. There are certain material palettes like wood, 
marble, uh, getting some fabrics in there that like the wovens, those look really, really good yeah. with this palette. That's approachable to everybody, you know? So to answer your question, there are things that people can do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not necessarily my cup of tea. Okay. So if you're designing a custom space for a custom customer, mm-hmm. um, what's to keep that from looking great from 30 years from now? Uh, I can't guarantee my design's going to look great in 30 years. I love it. I, All love right. it. I, I just won't answer this question. We're, we're gonna, we're, no, we are out of time, and we are going to end here. on that. Do you see how quick that went? You were like, oh, my God, are we going to take the whole show? I mean, So, so the ending line what? is, I can't give you something that looks good in 30 years? No, because there's no evergreen, in my opinion. I mean, there is you know, what's old is new. And, you know, like I said, I do, I'm do. i doing mid-mod. My mother's like, oh, my God, I, I did that. I hated that oh. in the 60s, she says to me, right? And so, yeah, I mean... It, you know, I don't know that there is necessarily an evergreen because I think, depending on you, most things are timeless. I, I love that answer. Go with what you love and just and, and design for the moment. Yeah, don't let, don't be advice. so concerned about your resale value. What's the odds you're there that? forty years from now? Let's be honest. Yeah. I moved every two years for do Christ. What, do what makes you happy. <laughs> you know. So yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, we are out of time, buddy. How can somebody get through to you? Uh, you can catch me at Eli.Harriton uh, on Instagram. We have at Damn Good Interiors on Instagram, uh, Eli Harriton Design, EliHarriton.com, and DamnGoodInteriors.com. And that's H A R I T O N, right? That's it. I got that right. How about yeah, that? You nailed it. <laughs> well, listen, buddy, thank you for coming in. It was really fun having you. A lot of energy. I love it. And uh, I think uh, people would love working with you, man. I can guarantee it. Okay, everybody, now it's time for 10 second tips from Chef Mark, sponsored by Appliance Factory Fine Lines, Denver's luxury retailer. The next time you're in Fine Lines, ask how you could qualify for an in home cooking class for you and 10 of your closest friends with my co host, celebrity Chef Mark. Are you ready today? Yeah, I'm just over here stretching, getting ready. <laughs> I know, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you need a gymnasium. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, and, inter- all right, I had a request today. Okay. Um, Mr. Kistner, I don't even know what this is going to be, and I'm almost afraid, but he wanted <laughs> to give you uh, the, the, the the question. He he had a question what? that he wanted yeah, to this, know wait, personally. Wait, chicken fingers over the, here? What's the chicken fingers, yeah. question? This has been on my mind I, since I, we're a week what? away from, how from Christmas. How uh, do you defrost chicken fingers? You know, I, no, yeah, no, how, how fast? No, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I, I am thinking about right. food when I'm not around. I and love it. And since okay. Kevin's asking the question, yes. uh, and I know his knowledge of cooking, I'm going to go, you're going to do this in under 10 seconds. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Hopefully it's a hard question. Let's find out. All right. So I have a bunch of cousins on my dad's side of the family. Okay. They're all gluten-free. They eat sugar-free this. They can't eat this, diet this, and it drives me nuts. Okay. And I'm a little concerned yeah. of what my mashed potatoes are going to be like for Christmas, for okay. dinner. Okay. So my question to you is how can you make gluten-free mashed potatoes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's either the greatest question ever or... Are the dumbest question ever. See, I feel like well, you guys are making fun of me. Well, yes, well, I am. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Let, let's go with the okay. latter of those two okay. statements. Uh, though, all, right. all right, 10 seconds. All right, go. Uh, so potatoes are naturally gluten-free. Potato <laughs> is found in things like bread. <laughs> Typically items like flour. When you add water to flour, you get gluten and gluten, which form gluten. Therefore, your potatoes, they're just fine. See, that's not cool, but it was 13 seconds. 
Oh, it was over, so I lose. <laughs> However, okay. now I understand your initial statement, Chef, <laughs> and that is funny. This is well, why we don't allow Kevin to ask questions about food. I thought that was a good one. You, it, you know what? It is a good question, and I'll tell you, I, I do get this sometimes. Well, people will be like, well, I'd love to eat sushi, but I'm, I'm gluten-free. Well, there's no gluten in rice, and I think what happens is people confuse gluten starch. with starch. Yeah. Exactly, and I could see why because, you know, a lot of things that contain gluten are starchy, but potatoes, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, roasted potatoes aren't one of them. Well, and in defense of Kevin, I mean, I think people who are gluten free, like they realize this. They However, do. like if Kevin's going, yeah, hey, I, I know they're gluten free. Like, oh my god, I heard it's awful. And by the way, to me, I'm very honest with you, gluten free diet is just awful, well, awful, most the worst thing ever. I, I don't like most gluten free. No, food. I mean my my wife. Uh, bless her. We had to do gluten free at the B and B, and she was trying all these recipes. I had one item, one item ever, and it was by a uh, a very famous bakery in Charlotte, and they made and I don't know how they did it. They made these uh, gluten free cupcakes. They were like quadruple, drupal, drupal chocolate cupcakes that were the largest, most moistest, most amazing thing I've ever eaten. That was the only thing ever that I've ever tasted that I was like, oh, yeah, I could do a gluten-free, you know, diet. I just couldn't do it. You know what my favorite gluten-free dessert is? Ice cream with some chocolate sauce on it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the point is, though, I I think if you're always trying to replace and replace and replace, yeah, you're going to be left disappointed. But So don't replace. Just avoid. Right. Just avoid. Yeah, just have Um, stuff that doesn't have gluten. Yeah, just just eat stuff that doesn't have gluten, and you're going to be really happy. There you go, Kev. So you're getting food that you probably just won't like, buddy. I mean, I love mashed potatoes. Merry Christmas. I guess no. I didn't know they're gluten free. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat to your heart's content. Is, is there? Chicken fingers what about in now? Um, now I'm gonna write chicken the, fingers. By the way, do uh, have gluten. gravy? Gravy. Well, that's why well, I like yeah, them. Gravy is traditionally a gluten item because it yes, is thickened right? with that's, flour. That's what I However, thought. However, if you thicken it with cornstarch, it's not. It's now gluten free. All there right, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. 8 a.m. 104.3 The Fan for this dream house every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Have a good day, everybody.